0: Of that song, amen. And uh, sure, thankful for the birth of our Savior and, uh, of course, Christmas time, and that's what it's all about, amen. And uh, thankful for that. Well, sure, good to have you uh, here uh, this morning and uh, excited about what the Lord uh, has for us uh, today. Of course, we do have our Junior Church Christmas program, amen. And I say that with fear and trembling, right? And uh, always exciting and a blessing. And, of course, good to have uh, Brother Dave and Miss Grace Hardy uh, here with us and dear friends. And excited to have Brother Hardy uh, preach this morning. And sure glad you're here uh, as well. And so let's go to the Lord uh, in prayer uh, this morning. Uh, Don't forget about, uh, of course, this coming Wednesday night, be a regular service. And then next Sunday is Christmas Day. And so just wanted to remind you that we'll have one service. It'll be at 1030. Uh, in the morning, kind of give time for families early in the morning as well as uh, in the afternoon and things like that. But looking forward to celebrating our Savior and uh, celebrating it with family, but also with church family. Amen. So be here uh, for that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer uh, this morning. I'm going to ask Brother Jim Wisdom if you'd stand, brother, and open us in a word of prayer this morning.
1: Would you stand with me, please? Let's turn to page 137. Page 137 to begin this morning. Hark the herald angels sing. We'll sing all four verses as we begin our service. Sing out with me on that first verse together now. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy. God and sinners reconciled, joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Highest heaven adore, Christ the everlasting Lord. wait time, behold Him come, offspring of the virgin's womb, veiled in flesh the Godhead. Serpent's head Adam's likeness Now in Great start this morning. Let's turn to page one hundred and thirty-three. <clears throat> page one hundred and thirty-three. Oh come all ye faithful. Page one hundred and thirty-three. Lift it up on that first verse. Oh come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh come ye oh come. The instruments are going to continue to play. Let's get around and shake hands together this morning. Good to have each one of you here with us. Good to have those visiting with us today as well. Let's sing it out on that last verse. Yea, Lord, we greet Thee. Yea, Lord, we greet Thee. Born this happy morning, Jesus, to Thee be all glory given. Word of the Father, adore him. Oh come let us adore him. Oh come let us adore him Christ the Lord. Amen. Great singing this morning. Brother Tim's going to come and as he does and we take up our offering this morning we'll have a special from Ethan Whitney on the cello this morning. I'd like to read to you as the men come for the offering from Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 it says but when the fullness of the time was come God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons for the will Kennedy would you pray for the offering this morning blessing. Amen. Let's all stand together again. We're going to turn to page number 139. Page number 139, and we're going to sing that song he was just playing, The First Noel. As we're doing this, you're going to see all the kids begin to come in. Don't worry, they're not attacking you this morning, all right? Page 139, let's sing it out together on that first verse. The First Noel, the first Noel, the angels did say, was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay, in fields where they lay keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night that was so deep. Noel. of Israel they look it up and saw a star shining in the east beyond them far and to the earth it gave great light and so it continued day and night. Noel, 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 Noel. Born is the King of Israel. And by the light of that same star, three wise men came. From country far To seek for a king Was their intent And to follow the star where it went Nowhere Of Israel, this star drew nigh to the northwest. Over Bethlehem it took its rest, and there it did both stop and stay right over the place. Where Jesus lay nowhere, no Noel, nowhere, no Noel, Noel. Born is the king of Israel, then entered in those wise men three for upon their knee and offer there in His presence their gold and myrrh and frankincense. Noel, 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 Noel. Born is the King of Israel, then let us all with one accord Sing praises to our heavenly Lord That hath made heaven and earth of naught And with his blood Mankind hath bought Noel, 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 born is the King of Israel. Amen. You may be seated. This time we'll have our junior church program.
2: Hmm, okay, I know a good one. It was a dark and stormy night. Well, it wasn't actually stormy, but it was a dark night on a hillside where some shepherds were settling down for the night. The sheep were bleeding softly. And the shepherds were matching carefully for wolves that might steal one of their sheep.
3: Wolves? Cool!
2: Oh, I've heard this story, and I think they washed their socks. <laughs> And they were in the same country, shepherds fighting in their field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Oh, that makes sense. Suddenly, the night sky was blindingly bright. The shepherds were terrified. And though the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of God shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. But their terror turned to joy when they realized that a heavenly messenger, an angel, had come to bring them a message. The angel told them that their promised Savior had come into the world that night. Two, ten through 11, and the angel said
4: unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord.
2: the Savior, and they were in awe that an angel would deliver this news to lowly shepherds.
4: Luke 2 15, and it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made unto us
2: the shepherds rushed to Bethlehem and found the baby Jesus lying in a manger just as the angels had told them. Then the shepherds shouted the good news all over Bethlehem. Many people heard the news and wondered, but they only wondered they didn't seek him. The shepherds returned to their sheep praising God that the Savior had come and that God had allowed them to see the baby for themselves. Sadly, many Jews rejected their Savior, and 33 years after he was born, they crucified him. Didn't they know who he was? They should have. Jesus did many signs and wonders to prove he was the Messiah, the Son of God. Soldiers arrested Jesus, and he was put on trial. An angry mob declared him guilty and demanded his crucifixion. Soldiers beat him and mocked him. Matthew
4: 27, verse 31. And after that they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him.
2: While Jesus hung on the cross, the Jewish leaders shouted to prove him his power. And he did, not by saving himself from, the, from death on the cross, but by dying to pay the sin debt of all mankind. Then he conquered death three days later when he walked out of his tomb alive. Matthew 28, verse
4: 18. And Jesus came and spake spake unto his disciples, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth.
2: Jesus was and is the promised deliverer, whether or not men believe him. Just as many Jews rejected their Savior, many people would today reject God. They reject the Christmas story and turn their hearts to the pageantry of make-believe worshiping a false God. The birth of Jesus isn't a fable, and the death of Jesus wasn't his end. The baby Jesus, born in a stable, is the same God who still rules the world. He is still the only one who has the power to forgive sin and change lives if we trust in him.
1: And let's turn to page 118. Joy to the world. We'll sing the first and last verse as we transition back to our service. Page 118. Sing it out on that first verse. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. He rules the world with truth and grace, and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of His love, and wonders of His love, and wonders, and wonders of His love. Amen. You may be seated. Just before the message this morning, ladies, trio is going to come sing.
5: Why did he choose to come to earth and give himself so willingly? Because he loved me. That's why Jesus came. To die for sinful men, to complete salvation's plan, He came to seek and save the lost, to give his life upon a cross. Because he loved me, that's why Jesus came. So love the world that Jesus He did give that whosoever would believe in Him, eternal life would live. Amazing love that brought my Savior to suffer shame and loss. What wondrous love that blessed. rugged cross because he loved me that's why Jesus came to die for sinful men to complete salvation's plan he came to seek and save the lost to give his life upon a cross because he loved me. That's why Jesus came.
0: glad he loves us amen and uh, what a blessing well i enjoyed uh, enjoyed the special and the music and the junior uh church christmas program wasn't that a blessing and uh to see all those kids i i would i would say this if you get a chance to uh talk with brother seth and miss christy wisdom or brother cj and miss um rachel reeves uh they are you know folks like that that help out with our kids kind of the unsung heroes around here and uh raising up the future uh, generation and so if you get a chance make sure you tell them thank you and get a chance to take them out to eat or get them a gift card or something I believe that'd be a blessing amen and i uh, just uh, thankful for them and their faithfulness and those uh, helpers and things like that and I can't believe nobody fell down <laughs> nobody tripped over I was watching that one uh, mic cord because it was a little short and I was thinking that's just bad this is bad this is going to be bad And they managed to get them all in and out of here without anything happening. Now, who knows what happened on the way down the stairs, amen, on the way out of here. But sure, thankful for that. What a blessing. Well, it's good to have Brother Dave Hardy here uh, with us and Miss Grace, and they are a blessing. And I've noticed kind of getting around, a lot of people, a a lot of our folks have not heard Brother Hardy preach and and things like that, so you're in for a real uh, treat. Brother Hardy pastored uh, uh, Eastland Baptist Church there in Tulsa, Oklahoma for 30 years and has now... Uh, been in you know evangelism or however you want to say it, sent out of uh, Bible Baptist Church in Stillwater, Oklahoma, where, where his son uh, Wayne Hardy pastors. And I can say a lot about Brother Hardy, uh, his preaching his influence, certainly being there at Heartland uh, Baptist Bible College and things like that. And of course, a lot of our staff uh, have sat under Brother Hardy and his teaching and preaching there at the school. But the best thing I could say about Brother Hardy to me is that he is a friend to preachers. And he has been a friend uh, to me. I can remember Natalie and I just getting into the ministry there in Cassville. And we were up there one night, and I want to say it was probably about 9 o'clock at night. And who knows what we were doing, painting walls or doing something. Uh, just, or I mean, just getting started in the ministry. And Brother Dave Hardy comes walking through the back door, scared the daylights out of us. Uh, but he said, I figured I'd catch you two up here burning the midnight oil. And I uh, just happened to be driving through and stopped by, you know, Bible Baptist Church to check on us. And there have been often times through the years in ministry where I needed a call from somebody. And I'd look down and Brother Dave Hardy's name was on my phone. Hey, brother, just calling to see how you're doing. Just checking on you. And so he's been a real friend and a real blessing. And so I appreciate Brother Hardy. And so, Brother Hardy, you come and preach the word, brother. And appreciate you being here. Amen. Thank you Pastor. Amen. so much.
6: Well, it's good to be here with you. First time uh, to be here. My wife, Grace, if I make it a few more months, we'll have 61 years together. (laughs) Uh, She's gracious, or we probably wouldn't still be hanging together. (laughs) Thank God for ladies that support their man. We need all the help that we can possibly get. So I started having a great time last night, going over to the pastor's house for fellowship. I am a fellowship animal. I really, I like it. I do a lot better in fellowship than I do preaching. He gave you a lot of things that probably won't come to pass as far as a preaching ability or whatever like that. I love God's family. I grew up as an only child. I I finally had a sister show up, but I was 14, and when she was three, I went in the Navy. So, I mean, what do you do with a three-year-old, you know, when you're going in the Navy? But I got saved when I was 14 years old into the family of God. It has been fantastic, and never really get uh, enough of that. I sometimes wonder why God would want me to be a a preacher. I'm always nervous behind a lectern or a pulpit, and people say, oh, no, you're not. Well, don't say that, because you're not me. (laughs) And the only ones that really knows that much about us would be us or our spouse and someone like that, but it's really a joy to be with you. So fellowship last night, and then I love coming to the men's prayer meeting. And uh, we had a men's prayer meeting at Eastland Baptist Church. When I went to the church, was only three years old. And um, didn't well, I had about 50 people or so. Not many men, but I just said to those men, hey, I'm going to be coming to the church at 7 o'clock on Sunday mornings and pray for the service. If any of you would like to come, I'd sure love for you to come. So two or three of them did. And, and then down the rose. I think when I left Eastland, it was running about 130 men Coming up there, and now ladies, you know one reason we got them there? They weren't really all that spiritual, but the ladies cooked for them. <laughs> yeah, you say, don't even talk about that. <laughs> and as my wife knows at my son's church now, there's about 80. But those are cowgirls over there, and they won't buy anything that's been fixed. So they're there at 530 and cooking all this food, and those men come in, and eat like you can't believe. But, uh, you know, we have prayer and everything First, but it's good to have a prayer meeting. It's good for men to be together and pray together. Word of God. Men need to take the lead God put them into, you know, to begin with. That'd be good. So, and the young people, the music, uh, I could fit this place really good. But I'm not trying to move in or anything. But thank you for your kindness and your graciousness. Someone has said, if we don't learn from history, we are doomed to repeat it. A new pastor was going to preach on Christmas Sunday, and then the next Sunday is a new year. And so I thought I would maybe just address that for a little bit if I possibly could. If you turn to the book of Romans and see if we cannot learn from them, just remain seated for a moment. I'll ask you to stand when we get ready to read. A number of years ago I was interested in Rome. Of course all everybody's had any history in school knows something about Rome. Their legal system was over a thousand years in developing. Their country much longer than that. They were a republic. Most of our legal system was borrowed from the Romans. You say what you want to of them, because um, some of the things are bad, but there were some things early on that were really good in Rome. Do you think about the fact when you read the book, it has Romans on it? That maybe in Paul's mind, did you know that Paul was a Roman? The man who's responsible for approximately half of the books in the New Testament And so as I was kind of looking at that, fooling around with my computer, which I don't know much more than how to turn it on and turn it off, but determined that there were millions of hits comparing America to Rome. Now, as far as theologically, we're closer to Israel than any other nation that's existed. But as far as the socioeconomic concerns, political concerns, we are more like Rome than any other nation that has existed. So it might be good for us to learn from them. So if you could stand, begin reading in Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. Well, I think maybe before we read that, that's be our main text, but look back over to verses 7 and 8. I just want you to note that Romans had had some good days. Verse 7 of Romans 1 said, To all that be at Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Sounds good, doesn't it? Grace to you, peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Good words. Good words. Jump into verse 18. And you'll know that things have happened in between. Verse 18. And one more thing I need to ask you to do. As we read this in your mind, take out Romans. Replace it with Americans. Mm -hmm. And I want you to be thinking as you read through these verses. Is there anything that we're going to read that's not true Uh of America today? Verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. But became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Now I want to work through this a little bit with points. So now you're going to see man begin to make some decisions that are very unwise, and God is going to respond. There's things happening in our culture you're going to notice, and you'll understand what's been talked about really quick. But I want you to know these things. You didn't, these people didn't go to bed at night and wake up completely changed the next day. It's something they set their mind towards. But there's three moves right here, and God responds to them. First one by man, verse 23. And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. God responds to that, but no man did it first. Wherefore, verse 24 God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. God responds a second time. For this cause, God gave them up into vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lusts one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. That's the second one. The third one is all in one verse, verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, I have literally seen a couple of road signs now. Is God necessary? Can we live without Him? Millions have in America. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, let me say this. Even though they didn't like to, you can't get him out. Right. You can say what you want. You cannot get him out. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Now, are we reading about Rome or America? Makes my heart heavy. We're still going. Now, these next few verses just bear in mind, we're not going to come back to them, but just there's a lot of list, a big list here. Is any of it said that isn't true in our own country today? Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable and merciful, who, knowing the judgment of God, they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Father, thank You for the privilege we have to be together in Your house today. Illumine our hearts and minds to understand Bible truth. And then, Lord, as we understand it, then we are obligated to act on it. And we thank You, as we have many times already, for this day. Starting with a men's prayer meeting, and for Sunday school, and for the program, and so glad to live in a country where that we're free to exercise our beliefs before other people, so that we might reach them. Have your perfect way, and whatever can be accomplished, we'll give you all the glory and the praise. We ask it in Jesus' name, Amen. May be seated. Well, since the new year is coming, then you understand that all kinds of uh, promises. And vows and resolutions are going to be made after the first of the year. People are going to quit smoking, they're going to lose weight, <laughs> they're going to start jogging, or get some exercise equipment, treadmills, and all sorts of things. And if you really want a treadmill, I would suggest you wait about two months after Christmas. <laughs> and they will be all over the place in the people's garage sales and all those kind of things. Because we don't seem to stay with it. And maybe that's because of a lack of discipline or, you know, lofty goals beyond our reach or whatever, because of some pain or discomfort or whatever thing. But I believe overall that goals are good to have, yeah. and that we need to have them and, and we need to set them. But those probably are somewhat temporal, but I have one I want to encourage you to think about because God has been so good to us as a nation. And I've noticed here in verse 21, the word thankfulness is coming up and as I think about the Roman people and what happened to them, I want to suggest this major thought. That unthankfulness is the terminal attitude of man. Yes. That's right. yep. and what I would, if I can, if I say push you towards it or make you think about it and so forth, is the idea of being a thankful person going into next year, let's don't wait until you get something done. Think about what God has done already in this year how He's taken care of us in so many different ways. We could never really probably mention all of those. But the idea of terminal, you understand that word, do you not? I took my granddaughter on a train trip from Oklahoma City to Fort Worth here a number of years ago when she was only about 10. And there was one little car in a train that went from uh, Oklahoma City to Fort Worth that has snacks and things and She's kind of nervous to go back there. I went back with her a couple of times and then pretty soon she was hauling my money back there about every 15 minutes in, <laughs> and and buying something. And we got to Fort Worth and uh, we it into the uh, terminal and the ride was over. Most of you have flown on airplanes, haven't you? And we do more than I want to. If I do any anymore, I don't want to. And it lands and it taxes into the uh, terminal and it's over and, and I hate to use this third one, but when you go to the doctor, one of the last words you ever want to hear is terminal. But this text is about Rome, but we don't learn from it, and it appears maybe we have not, that we're going to be doomed to repeat that. I I don't mean that negatively, but as an opportunity that we have. Wonderful thing about thankfulness is it doesn't cost you anything except a little bit of pride maybe. Yeah. Or just some thoughtfulness in your mind. Now I'm going to read a fair amount of this just because some of these quotes and I don't want to misquote them. But you know Spurgeon in talking about thankfulness said, we must thank God for the mercies we have or we may not have any others. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe that's true coming from a great preacher of those old times. Epictetus the Greek said, he is a wise man who does not grieve for the things which he has not. But rejoices in those things which he does have. Yeah. Psalm 104: Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise, be thankful unto him, and bless His holy name." Oh, yeah. Author W. Pink said, "Have we not more cause to praise him than to pray? Now we don't think about comparing those, but praise is primarily thank you. Yeah. Now I'm going to suggest, since I'm a Baptist and been one since I was 14, Baptists are not real good worshipers. You say, how do you know? It? Well, both in the Hebrew and the Greek, take it for yourself. Worship really means actually prostate, on your face. Hebrew and Greek. Uh, has that happened today? Does it happen at home? Fact is, one thing I never liked about Christmas was I said, you know, when I grew up and we went to a birthday party, the person whose name was there is the one that got the gifts. Well, what does Jesus get? Yeah. While we're ripping and tearing table. I'm nothing wrong with paper and gifts. I thought, What do you buy the man that has everything? Well, you buy him what he wants if you can afford it. But in John chapter 4, verses 22 and 23, it says, I seek those to worship me in spirit and truth. And I'm going to tell you, Americans are full of pride. There's only one thing that will probably keep you from worshiping, P-R-I-D-E. Americans don't mind standing, they don't mind bowing their head. So it's not easy to get them to bow. Like they say, a man on his knees is taller than trees. It really is. I can tell by reading your... Did you know the preachers read faces all the time? Now don't change your appearance, (laughs) facial expression, (laughs) because that will be recognized too. So in verse 21, as I read this text over and over and over, Pastor, and you're always looking for (laughs) maybe a nugget or something or whatever... But this is the verse 21 is the acme of this test, or you could say it is the pinnacle of this particular scripture verse. Some uh, commentators call this the slippery slope syndrome because you read those early verses in Rome, how well things were going, and then all of a sudden it's kind of like they go over the top, and now you've got all this mud, and they step on that, and they're gone. And maybe we'd think about that more. Uh, When you have ice and snow and things like that coming, you get in the hill country and you go up and you go over it and all of a sudden you're heading down. There's not a whole lot you can do about it. You do what you can and what happens, happens. But I think verse 21 is where it happens. It says, because when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful. I wonder if that's not one of America's problems, is being thankful. Giving thanks. G.K. Chesterton said, (laughs) You say grace before meals. And I'm going to stop there just for a moment. I was reading a story the other day, uh, a good while back actually, in a book about an old farmer over in Arkansas. And uh, so he had come to town to do some business. And we're talking, you know, probably 75 years ago, maybe something like that. And his old pickup truck, and I don't know about around here, but both in Texas, Arkansas, and some of those areas down south like that, there's a courthouse in small towns and it's what we call the square. And it takes up that block. And then all the way around that, there's little businesses on the other side of that block. And a lot of times, probably nearly every time, there's going to be a little restaurant, little cafe or something like that. So this old man came in, did his business, and he went over to that little cafe to get something to eat. And so they brought his food, and man, he just put his, he buried his face in his hands on the table, and the man just started thanking God for it. Remember, there was three young hooligans over there, kind of, you know, they were just kind of looking at them, and they, they kind of got closer and everything. Finally, they were standing right here, and when he lifted up his head, he looked at them. He said, um, "Can I help y'all?" They said, "Yes." Yeah. Say, old man, does everybody do that where you come from? He says, "No, the hogs don't."
3: <laughs>
6: I know you're going to love this. Do you always pray? What a wonderful opportunity to let people know that you belong to Christ. Because when you bow your head, they know. Are you trying to be secret? Well, I'd stay off of that. Just for a little while. But this thing of thankfulness. Now he said, you say grace before meals. He said, all right. But I say grace before the concert, before the opera, before uh, before the play, before the pantomime. Grace before I open a book, grace before I sketch, paint, swim, do boxing or walking. And I say grace before I dip my pen in the ink. Man, he tore me up, Pastor. Because you can't do a single one of those without God's help.
0: Well,
6: I'm glad I can do some of that. Thank you. Unthankfulness. The terminal attitude of man. You know, Seneca said, We can be thankful to a friend for a few acres of ground or some money, and yet for the freedom and command of the whole earth, great benefits of our being, our life, our health, and our ability to reason, we look upon ourselves as under no obligation. I suppose Francis Schaeffer said it the most succinctly. The beginning of man's rebellion against God was... And is the lack of a thankful heart. Yes. Did you know you'll never see a rebellious teenager if they're thankful? Yeah. That's true. Thankfulness is a wonderful thing to possess. Yes. Not claiming to be the example of it, but I want to be because God's been good. Yes. You wouldn't be doing this if you were in China today. You wouldn't be doing this if you're in North Korea. Oh, yeah, I'd do it, yeah. Well, you may not breathe long. I know some probably do. I'm just saying, we've got it so good. Just unbelievable. You know, the Romans knew there was a God just like us. Psalm 19, you can't get away from it. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth His handiwork. Day unto day under speech. Night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. You think, well, we go to the mission field because so they don't know there's a God. They do know there's a God. Right. Everybody on this planet knows there's a God. They saw the same thing that the shepherd in the psalm saw when you do the 23rd psalm. They saw those stars. They saw all of it. We've seen it all. They know there's a God. They just don't know who He is. Yeah. They don't know what to do with it. Right. We've got the book and we, right. we send our missionaries so they can tell them the great story. But the point is, we know there's a higher power that there is a God. I love what I read about from J.A. Froude so many years ago. Please listen, and it's worth for you storing this someplace. J.A. Froude said, one thing and one thing only, history teaches with certainty. If that's true, that's worth knowing. And what he said is, is that somehow this world is built on moral foundations. And in the long run, it goes well for the good. And in the long run, it goes ill for the wicked. Mark it down. I don't want to pick on a particular country, but just pick out Germany. A lot of our theology way back came from Germany. And it was good stuff. But you know, you just get something in their head and then you've got World War I. And then you've got things like the Holocaust and all that kind of stuff. And you've got World War II. I like it because the world is built on moral foundations. And this is one thing that history teaches us over and over. Abraham Lincoln said, It's a a duty of nations as well as men to own their dependence on the overruling power of God, to confess, and this is verbatim, to confess their sins and transgressions in humble sorrow, yet with assured hope, that genuine repentance will lead to mercy and pardon and to prove the sublime truth, here it is, announced in the Holy Scripture and proven by all history, that those nations are blessed whose God is the Lord. And sometimes we want to say that our nation is that. It may have been. And there are people that are, but our nation is not. And it's sad. God's revealed Himself in creation, revealed Himself in histories, revealed Himself really in personification too. He said, what do you mean by that? Well, you know we're made in somebody's image. And we're the only thing made in His image. I love Colorado. I'm from Texas, born and raised in Texas, and I've been in Oklahoma nearly 50 years. You can look out your kitchen window and watch your dog run away for two days.
3: It's, it's, It's flat.
6: I go to Colorado, and, and I mean y'all have been there one time or the other, I'm sure, and I look at those mountains and how they come down, and it's just amazing. and I think about real men and women who went in there with wagon trains. they didn't have a backhoe and a bulldozer, and we're talking about you've been there boulders it's unbelievable. And now you see it, and they come, there's a niche, and you're driving 75 miles an hour. And billy goats are still up there. and you know who was on earth first? I mean, them or us. And it amazes me. Most people look out and they don't know. Well, yeah, we're the, we're the last things to get on board, you know. <laughs> you know how many roads those Billy Goats have built? None. We have creative abilities because we come from the Creator. He made us. I don't know why He did. Could you think of a good reason why He would want us to be the ones That would be in His image. I don't know that we really could. Well, remember the importance of thankfulness because unthankfulness is the terminal attitude of men. The Romans' minds were in some ways kind of disabled. You look back at verse 21. It says they were not thankful, but it says they became vain in their imaginations. The word vain primarily means empty. There's no substance. I remember here just a... Well, it's been several years ago now, I actually. I went to McDonald's to get something and I forgot what it was. About all I get there is a breakfast burrito and a cup of coffee. And back then it was probably later in the day. Well, whatever it was, it was $3.10. So you know it was a little while back. <laughs> And so I gave the guy $5, and, you know, he was working on ringing it up, and I reached my pocket, and I found a dime. Okay, $3.10 is what my order was. I gave him $5. you all I'm not talking to the McDonald's helpers, right? I'm talking to <laughs> people with gray matter. And I found this dime, and I pulled it out, and he said, don't even think about it. <laughs> it is funny. It really is sad. Yeah. If I go back to my Navy years, I was on submarines. I met a man who was at the Air Force. This has been in Charleston, South Carolina. His name was Ron Todd. Just retired from pastoring. Went to Baptist Bible College years ago. Good man, conservative man. But he was single back then. And uh, so we met him at church. And he uh, started hanging out a little bit. And Grace is a good cook. And he liked it. And he liked our cooking so well, he would try to figure out which day we we're going to the grocery store. And he'd go with us to make sure she got the right stuff, you know. <laughs> but this is the gospel truth. And I've got to have some people with some white and gray hair and all that kind of stuff to help me out. Back in the days of cash registers and 10 keys, anybody knows about a tin key? All right. So if I'm not telling the truth, then stand up and say something. Because I was sacking groceries. And I'm telling you, here's those ladies. They don't ever look at it. And the cans are going just like this. I'm not moving my hand any faster than those cans were going. I couldn't hardly get them in the sack. And today we're so excited. Beep. Ron Todd was his name. He'd stand there and watch it. He's about six foot three. He's real tall. You can ask my wife. Last can goes across, he'd give you the amount to the penny. And I pulled out a dime when it was five dollars and ten cents. Don't even America's—you ought to see where we are now compared to the other nations. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
6: We're just—I'm not trying to discourage you because it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. We are making it, and I say we, people of America. I mean, it may not be you individually or so forth, but we're doing that. And so our imaginations then become vain. And when that happens, then it's just not good. Sarah ben Breathneck said, You simply will not be the same person two months from now, not very long, after you consciously give thanks each day for the abundance that exists in your life, and you will have set in motion an ancient spiritual law that the more you're thankful for, the more you will have. This affected my prayer life going through this section of scripture. And I didn't change it a lot, but I changed it a little. So I get up early in the morning and head down to the kitchen and I make a cup of coffee because it's scriptural. There's a whole book in the Bible called He Brews. So my wife says that means I bring her coffee. I don't she doesn't make it. I, I, I do that. Cup of coffee and just enjoy reading my Bible. And then get on my face and, I mean, get on my knees and bury my face in my chair and go through my prayer list. And I changed it. I used to start like this Lord, be with Grace today. She's got things to do, and, and she does. She's a busy woman, always doing a lot of stuff and so forth. And I just changed it a little bit. I just started out this way Lord, thank you for Grace. She's a good woman. She's a good wife. She's a good uh, mama, a good grandma, a good great grandma. Who knows? What I'll be next. <laughs> Thinking, and then I go through my prayer list. And most of my preachers is geographically, you know. I get so for some reason when I go to churches, I remember where they are. You know, maybe not the address. And just thank God. Do you thank God for the people? It doesn't take very long, does it? Just say, Lord, thank you for them. So when we were in Charleston, South Carolina, we went to a small church called the Hanahan Baptist Church. The pastor's name was Hobson Wolf. You said, that sounds hokey. Well, pretty close on target here. (laughs) Brother Wolf had never been to any kind of Bible college or any college. But he's really committed to the Word of God. Uh, he murdered the King's English from time to time, and that's where it was. And while I was in the Navy, I was under his ministry about three years, and Grace and I benefited by it so much, Pastor, because he was just a straight preacher from the Word of God. We grew, and uh, so my time was up and got out of the Navy and went back to Arlington, Texas, We've been home a few months, and I said to Grace, and I, this text wasn't really that much open to me. I've read it, of course, but it didn't have the same effect it had later. I said, "Hun, you know, I don't think we ever thanked Brother Wolf for faithfully standing in that pulpit. Every Sunday and Wednesday night, proclaiming the Word of God. I said, wasn't he a great blessing? Didn't we grow a lot there? She said, yes, we did. I said, well, we need to thank him. She said, Were well, you going to call him. I said, no, I don't, I don't think that'll work. She said, you're going to write him a letter? No, I don't think that's going to work either. She said, do you know it's uh, 1,200 miles from here to Charleston, South Carolina? <laughs> I said, yeah, I do. Guess we better put that on the calendar, hadn't we? We put it on the calendar, Pastor. It was a few months out time came. We called out there to talk to some of the people, members of the church to make sure he wasn't all someplace preaching. He was home. He said, no, he's home. He's going to be right here. We drove out there and I went up to his door. The two of us went up there and just knocked on the door. Well, I can't speak like those people in Georgia and South Carolina. But he said, Lord, have mercy. You kids get in this here house. So we, and if you, no one's called his kids in a long time. So you. <laughs> We went on in the house. We sit down. He said, what brings you kids out here? I said, Brother Wolf, we came here to thank you for faithfully preaching the Word of God to us. Those years we were in the church, those three, three and a half years. And he took off on something else. And then probably within four or five minutes, he comes back around. And he says, but what brings you kids out here? I said, Brother Wolf, we, we came out here to thank you for being a faithful preacher Didn't water it down. Just preached the word of God clear to us. And he took off on something else. Third time came around. What brings you kids out here? I got right up in his face. I said, Brother Wolf, look at me. (laughs) And he looked me right in the eyes. We came here for one thing. To thank you. Preaching the word of God to us all this time. I saw a water wheel up in his eyes. He never cried or anything. I didn't want him to cry. We talked a little bit more and then we left and came back the next day and visited a little bit and then went home. Not too many months later, we get word that Brother Wolf had gone home to his reward. I've been in 30-something countries and uh, someone said one time, what's the, what's the greatest trip you ever took? <laughs> I said, well, it was just a trip out to Charleston, South Carolina. Tell an old godly, faithful man of the Word. Thank you. I wonder how many people in America go to church and sit under the Word of God and missionaries, evangelists, or their pastor on a regular basis. Just take that for granted. I'm going to tell you, the greater part of the churches in America, you're not getting truth straight from the word of God. Now that we're thinking about that, so I'm going to leave one more thought with you. If tonight you go home and you go to bed, if God were to take from you everything you haven't thanked him for, what you're going to have left. understand.